How comforting to know that God's presence is with us in every circumstance in our life. From being thrown into a pit, sold and treated as a slave, to being elevated to second in command in the kingdom of Egypt, everything good in Joseph's life was connected to God's presence. Today, on Enjoying the Journey, Scott Pauley leads us through a study on the life of Joseph where we will learn how to live in the presence of God. Be sure to stay tuned after today's study to learn more about Scott's book on the life of Joseph entitled, The Lord Was With Joseph. When you study the Bible, it is important to see the whole and the parts. So I would recommend to you, you get a bird's eye view of Scripture so that you see how it's all connected. Then you delve into the details because this helps you have context, understand the flow of Scripture, uh, how it all fits together. And let me give you an example from the life of Joseph today that has been very instructive to me in this study. You know that we're in Genesis 39, and we're studying uh, Joseph's temptation and his refusal to sin, uh, his moral purity and uprightness. And we're learning from this how to remember the Lord in the midst of our temptations, how to live consciously in the presence of God, even in the midst of a sinful world and the pull of the flesh. Now, that's Genesis 39. But did you ever notice that in the chapter that comes before it, Genesis 38, we have the exact opposite? Now, you remember that we studied Joseph in Genesis 37. Now we're in Genesis 39, but there's a chapter between that is not about Joseph at all. It's about one of his family members, his brother by the name of Judah. You can read the tragic story for yourself, but Genesis 38 is the exact antithesis of Genesis 39. Frankly, it's two different lives. Every one of us is either going to be like Judah or we're going to be like Joseph, and we'll have to choose which one we're going to be. Because in Genesis 38, Judah commits a terrible act of, of sexual immorality, of impurity. He chooses to pursue his lust and follow his flesh. And what does it lead to? It leads to destruction. It leads to death. It leads to corruption in a family. It leads to every awful thing. Oh, dear one, we all must choose every day between the pleasure of sin that lasts only for a season, and there is pleasure in sin for a season, but only for a season, and I might say the seasons get shorter and shorter, or what the psalmist called uh, the pleasure that is found in God's presence. In his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So do you want momentary pleasure or eternal pleasure? Do you want the pleasure of sin that lasts only for a season, or do you want the pleasures forevermore? Because that is the, the contrast here between Genesis 38 and Genesis 39. In the words of John from 1 John, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Think about this. Judah would pass away. His, his name personally as an individual would be tainted by sin, and his family would be, would be the worst for his his terrible act of immorality. Uh, but here we are, thousands of years later, still talking about Joseph's testimony and example. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so we return to Genesis 39 today to learn more about how to remember God in the midst of our temptation, how to live in his presence in the midst of a sinful society and a corrupt culture. And we've learned, first of all, that you have to remember the temptation, the test, often comes after the greatest blessing. So 
Uh, you may be enjoying tremendous blessing today. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. When you feel strongest, that's when you're most susceptible. Now, when you feel like I've got this, I can take care of this, I think I'm over that, that's when the devil gets his foot in the door. So remember that. Number two, we learned that we have to remember that when no one else is watching, our God always is. Remember, the master wasn't in the house. Nobody was there. But Joseph recognized that the Lord was with him at all times. He doesn't come and go, come and go. He comes to stay. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. That's what the Bible says. Remember that. And then, let's add to this list today. You have to also remember, if you're going to remember the Lord in your temptations, you have to remember that all sin is against God. Now, that, that's something we say, oh, we, yes, we know that. All sin's against God. No, I don't think we fully comprehend the enormity of that, the gravity of that. Listen to the end again of verse number 9. Joseph basically says, I can't sin against your husband this way, and I can't sin against you this way, and I don't want to sin against myself this way. But ultimately, how then, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, sin goes in many directions. You can sin against your own body. You can sin against your family. You can sin against a friend. You can sin against your enemy. Uh, you can sin against your church. You can sin against others. But ultimately, all sin first is against God, and that's what makes it uh, so terrible. You see, if you don't recognize that sin hurts and grieves God, that it's an affront to God, that it attacks God, then you're not looking at it the right way. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to see it as just a sin against yourself, and you deserve this. Uh, you, you, you can get mercy for it later. Or, yes, it's a sin against someone else, but they did me wrong, or, or everyone else has done it. Do you see how you can excuse away, uh, reason away almost every sin against yourself and others, but the one thing you cannot reason away is sinning against God? And that's, that's the real secret here, this God consciousness. When we sin against God, we're sinning against His holiness. He's the thrice holy God. So when I choose to sin against the Lord, then I'm, I'm sinning against His holiness. Someone said, well, we're sinning against His law. Oh, yes, that's true. We, we've all broken God's law. We've broken it many times. I praise God for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the mercy that's come to us through the blood of Calvary. But please don't miss this. You're not just sinning against God's law. You are sinning against God's love. You're sinning against the one who loved you and made you. You're sinning against the one who loved you so much he gave his son for you. You're sinning against the one who loves you so much he sustains you every day of your life. If you and I could start viewing sin as it really is, not as, not as we want it to be, not as others portray it to be, not as the devil makes it out to be, if we could see it for what it really is, it is us shaking our fist in the face of the one who loves us more than anyone. It is us striking at the one who is constantly giving to us. I'm convinced we would view sin differently. We would come to hate our sin if we could understand what it does to the God who loves us. As I've meditated on this passage, uh, my mind went to another story. We're connecting things, you see, here in the Bible. So here's Joseph in the midst of temptation. 
And what does he say? I can't do this against God. I can't sin against God. Does that sound familiar at all? Remember David after his terrible sin with Bathsheba? After he committed the very sin that Joseph ran from, he committed adultery, then he lied and, and murdered and did everything he could to cover it up and finally came to the end of himself. And in Psalm 51, he prays his great prayer of confession. It's a powerful prayer. You should read it. But in verse number 4, listen to these words. David cries out from his brokenness, Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. He finally recognized that his sin was not primarily against himself, Bathsheba, the baby, or Uriah. It was against the Lord. And here's the point today. You will always remember that sin is against God, either during the temptation or after the sin. The one difference between Joseph's story and David's is that Joseph did not wait till he committed the sin to remember the presence of God. He remembered it in the midst of the temptation. Friend, in the heat of temptation today, remember the Lord and practice the presence of God. Too many times we compartmentalize our faith to a single day of the week, often Sunday. But the Lord desires for us to live in His presence daily. And oh, what joy we find in the Lord's presence. You can learn more about living in God's presence by visiting enjoyingthejourney.org forward slash Joseph. There, you will find information about Scott's book entitled, The Lord Was With Joseph. You can download the free digital book, access the audio book, or purchase the hard copy version. We really believe that the Lord will use this book to help you learn how to live in God's presence. We look forward to having you with us next time on Enjoying the Journey.